If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Welcome to the Fade Route with D&Z. Here are your hosts, D&Z. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we got a great show planned for you. We're talking about the new Broncos starting QB. Oscar Robertson's interesting interesting claims about the NF, uh, NBA MVP. And we're going to order up the AFC West. But speaking of AFC West, we're going to talk about a couple of interesting little sports tidbits to open up the show uh former san diego slash los angeles charger slash indianapolis colts philip rivers started his his high school coaching career in alabama going one and oh for the saint michael catholic cardinals as he led them to a 49 zip victory Needless to say, that is a whooping. Sounds like they were so, playing the Mets. It sounds like they were playing the Mets, and we will get to them shortly. I have plenty of bullets in the chamber for the Mets, so don't worry about that. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> uh, what can we say about Philip Rivers? It, you can you guarantee there were no cuss words on the sidelines. He took his minivan to the game, and I'm sure there were plenty of questions about a potential return to the NFL, considering the fact that he did not put it out. He didn't put those rumors to bed recently when asked about them. He said it was potential. He left open. He hasn't ruled it out, but we'll see. But congratulations to Coach Rivers. He's 1-0. and And in the world of college sports, something very interesting occurred. The NCAA approved J.R. Smith. Yes, that J.R. Smith. The J.R. Smith. He is now a collegiate athlete. He is a student athlete. He is on the golf team at North Carolina A&T. Now, as crazy as that may sound, he had eligibility since he came. He did not go to college. So he enrolled in historically black college. After 16 years in the NBA, and he had all his eligibility, so why not give it a shot and go out for the golf team? He's taking up liberal studies, and hopefully, that this is, you know, this is a good route for Jr. And hopefully, he has some fun in college because we all had fun in college. So hopefully, it's as good for him as it was for us. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, Flight Crew through and through, the last QB 
in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Yeah, so what it sounds like is he's going to be playing some college golf. He's going to play some intramurals basketball. He's just going to do all those things he didn't get a chance to do in college. Uh, it should be interesting. I'd love Can to you play imagine on the intramural Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're, you're an intramural basketball officer. There's J.R. Smith. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> as a guy who played intramural basketball in college, we had a couple of um, people there that were um, – not, they they were they weren't walk-ons on the team, but they were like alternates or they were like team managers for the for St. John's, and that was kind of cool because most of them were like six five, six six, and they can shoot like crazy. But I mean, he's a he's a Jersey guy, right? Um, yeah. I believe he I think he went to Lakewood, uh, St. Benedict's Prep. Uh, so you know he's he's gonna get to live those college years. I think he's still also staying in the dorms. You got to do oh his first goodness. PowerPoint uh, uh, presentation. <laughs> uh, JR is an interesting guy. He's only 35 years old, which is really interesting. He's only a couple years old, uh, a couple years younger than us. But good for him. Should be fun. And uh, go, go, go for it, man. Absolutely. He's living those Rodney Dangerfield moments and back to school. I wonder if he can do the triple Lindy. Um, as far as Philip Rivers goes, like, he got the coaching win. Like, is there any way that you can see him doing both, or is it too late in the? Uh, is it too late to get amped up for the NFL season? Because he didn't close. He didn't exactly say, "I'm retired." You know, there's just nobody out there where if a quarterback was to go down this year, there's not a free agent out there where you can say, "Okay, we can pick this guy up." And we could be okay, right? There's no Jeff George out there, right? There's no Matt. There's no Matt Moore. Like, there's nobody. There's no free agent available right now. You know, most people are keeping their quarterbacks. Uh, even everyone's waiting to see what's going to happen with Nick Foles. Everyone's waiting to see what happens with Marcus Mariota. But the truth is, most they might be staying on the teams they're on. So if that does happen, and you're a team like the Vikings, or you're a team like the Colts and your quarterback goes down I mean how could you not give Philip Rivers a call I mean the Colts better yet let's see if the Cardinals Kyler Murray goes down I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're not going to waste a year right we're not we're not going to waste a year we can bring Philip in here and it's not hard man just throw it up one of them will get it right right so yeah I mean you definitely that's definitely more of a go for it attitude than putting in Colt McCoy and just trying to stem the tide until Kyler Murray gets back. That's definitely an aggressive move. What about a team like the Eagles? If Jalen Hurts goes down and, you know, Joe Flacco is Joe, Joe Flacco at this point in his career, that Philip Rivers would definitely be an upgrade over Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. It's definitely, uh, definitely a possibility. I mean, you can't dismiss a guy who has done what he's done in the league and is saying I'm I'm not done playing football. Like if somebody really needs me and I can be of help to them, I'd love to go throw the ball around. But for now, I you know I'm not down with doing training camp. I'm not down with you know uh, the preseason. But if I can come out there and just throw, like nobody's calling Jay Cutler, you know what I mean? No. Like, Philip Rivers is a guy who, who he's he can throw it around. He did really he did pretty well in in Indianapolis. And if it wasn't for you know, a uh, one missed throw in that in that Buffalo game, they might have made some noise in the playoffs.
It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. No, absolutely. And it remains to be seen what the Colts will do without Phillip Rivers this year. But one team that is surging right now as we tra- as we uh, transition to baseball is the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have won 12 in a row, a dirty dozen. They are mashing the baseball. They're pitching a lot better than we thought they would. And they now hold the top wild card spot. And they're facing the A's, who are still in the mix, just on the outside looking in. Currently, they would face the Red Sox in the wild card game. Is all well in the Bronx? Uh, I guess the answer to that is for now, right? I mean, <laughs> if they were to face, the the thing I was talking about this with uh with uh, a coworker today, and I was like, you know, that's all great, 12, 12 straight wins, that's fine, but we're in August. You got another month of the season to go. Are you going to really be able to carry this into the playoffs? And if so, do you really want to be the team that's got to play in that three-game series? Like, let's say you do have to face a team like the Red Sox, who's got uh, arrested Chris Sale right now, who just pitched an immaculate inning. So you're going to hit that guy game one, 100%, right? And you don't beat him. Now you got to win two out of the next. You got to win two games in a row against the Red Sox, who for the most, for most of the season, were playing really well. I think it's going to be tough. I think the best chance for them is to really try to catch the Rays. I know it's like an almost an impossible feat, but I think the lead is cut down to four or five games now. But I don't know. You might be peaking too early, and we know that's not good in any line of business. That's for sure. That is for sure. You, you, you never want to peak too early. You never want to show up too late. You want to be right on time. And, you know, credit to the Yankees. They've definitely done what they need to do. Left-handed hitters in the lineup. Joey Gallo. He went and got Anthony Rizzo. And they are tearing the cover off the ball. They're doing exactly what they were brought here to do. Stanton is now playing the field. Like uh, I think Boone and Cashman are listening to our program because we've mentioned this several times. Play him in the field. It's fine. Aaron Judge uh, is your offensive leader, and he's playing like it. So is this sustainable? 12 wins in a row, absolutely not. It's not sustainable. That's just not how baseball works. You're never as good as you are when you're raging hot and you're never as bad as when you're the drizzling shits. You're always somewhere in between. And for the Yankees, uh, they're definitely scratching. But it it really is to the Rays. Because they're still not really close. They're only four games behind. Four games is, is plenty. There's plenty yeah. of room right there. But in averages, like in terms of league average offense, still not really that great as far as the Yankees go. And they're getting on base better. They're sixth in the league in on base percentage, which is good. I mean, 554 runs, 20th in the league. Like, that's not great. You know, it's just 
you get a lot of this is definitely some catch-up work that they needed to do and i'm not sure how this rotation is going to play because yes heel is good you have Jameson Tyone is, play- is pitching well. Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. He's definitely figured out a way to pitch without the sticky stuff. So, like, you have a few guys in this rotation. Clay Holmes coming over from the Pirates. He's been great out of the bullpen. You're introducing Corey Kluber back in on Monday. Like, I don't know if this rotation plays. Like, granted, some of these guys will move into the bullpen, like the Nestor Cortezes of the world. Good job by Nestor, Nestor Cortez, but he in a playoff series is going to come out of the bullpen because he can give you length. So I'm not sure. I still am uncertain about their pitching depth, especially now the Zach Britton injury. We were talking about him last week. He's actually out. Chapman is back, but Chapman is Chapmaning. So yeah, I, I to and to to echo what you said. Yeah, for now, yes, but that's baseball. You know, things can happen. You can go 12 in a row, then you can lose five in a row. Like, that's just the nature of the game. And you look at the other teams in the mix, Oakland's not going anywhere. The Red Sox are in a little bit of a nosedive, but they can right the ship. Seattle! Seattle is still on the periphery of this thing. So the Yankees definitely need to keep doing what they're doing. And things will work out for them in the long run. But not doing what they're doing, and it's not working out for them in the long run, is the New York Metropolitans. Spent 90 days in first place and just bottomed out. They're now 61-66, and 66, third in the National League East. I went to watch them the other night, and it was just a slog to watch. And whose heads are going to roll at the end of the year? Because you know it's coming. It's a question of who. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awful, right? They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. NL West has been beating them up on them pretty bad. Um, I mean, at this point, uh, do you even, I almost feel like you, you kind of need to bring DeGrom back because if he's going to get hurt, you need it to kind of happen now, right? You don't want to... You don't want to go into the offseason thinking he's your guy. He starts up in April and May, and then you're right back where you started. Um, I think I think they need to look into moving him. Seems like you know his arm's breaking down. He can't handle throwing as fast as he does all the time. I don't think he gets through another full season. Uh, they're even talking about Noah Syndergaard coming back, and he can't throw his slider. He has to throw only fastballs and changeups. It's like, why bother? Like, what the? F- uh, I don't think there's any need for Rojas, right? We can mm-hmm. move on from him. None of this was really his fault, but I just, I just don't see the need for him. A bring- presence in the dugout would have steadied the ship a little bit. You, you have to admit that he's only in his second year as a manager. I don't really know. I don't. I just don't know. I mean, they're just getting, they're just getting outplayed. Lind- and I know you love this Lindor character, but you can't look at that situation and be like, "Yo, where was this guy for the last two for the last six weeks, two months?" If you want to even count how bad he played before he got hurt. Um, they also they didn't get the right players at the trade deadline. Uh, Dominic Smith can go. Don't need that guy. Two forty three average. I, the fact that he's a major league baseball player is astounding. Conforto. Conforto had. What, what happened to Michael Conforto, man? 
Like, what what happened this year? You can get another guy to do that. Um, and uh, I just I just don't I just don't know. What to, I just Baez. I don't even know what to do with that guy. Like, what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do with that guy? What, what's the? Are you bringing him back? What, what's the deal with him? So, uh, you know, I think a lot of heads can roll here. I mean, this was a year where the Braves lost Acuna, the Braves lost Azuna, and the Braves are in first place in the division. Phillies are done now because they just lost Hoskins, who was arguably the, one of their best hitters. So it's a wrap for them. And and the the, the Mets are seven and a half back. What the hell happened? Can't score runs. Can't win away from. Can't win on the road. Can't put a fielding. Can't put a team out there. VR. VR makes as many errors as he gets RBIs. That guy can't play the infield. Every time I watch their games, he makes an error in the infield, and then he gets up and bat and he hits it and makes it and gets an RBI. What good is that, dude? <laughs> this whole thing was predicated on depth. Right when Jared Porter, when Mr. Dick Pick was the GM of the team, it was all about making sure you brought in guys like Albert Almora, you brought in guys like Jonathan VR, you brought in guys, you know, like Janeshwi Fargus on a minor league contract. These guys got significant playing time this year. Kevin Pilar got significant playing time this year, and you can't rely on those players for so long because after a while you're gonna get exposed that's just there's the reason why they're bench players you're good they're good in two week bursts you can't be relying on guys like that for three months four months or five months that's the Orioles the Orioles aren't contenders you, you can't have quadruple-A slash bench players in major primetime roles and expect to be successful. Yes, the they pitch over their year, right? DeGrom was out of his mind. Stroman pitch, was pitching well. Taiwan Walker was pitching well. You were getting great. You were getting great performances out of Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop hadn't allowed a a hit or, or uh, run batted into a lefty all season until Wednesday night. So Aaron Loop is one of those guys. I can bring him back. That's good. One year deal. Prove it. Prove it you can do it again. Jairus Familia. He's had a great year coming out of the pen. He slotted in a particular role. Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo hasn't been as good as he was. You, you have, you know, you just have these question marks. And Degrom, I hear you. Like, is he breaking down? He never used to throw this hard, this consistently. So I'm wondering if there's something that he needs to dial back in order to preserve his arm for the long haul. And Noah Syndergaard, I, I think I've said it enough about Noah Syndergaard as what I think about him. But the real culprits, the real culprits start on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Nimmo's having a good year. He gets on base. He's the kind of guy you can build around. P. Alonzo, he's the face of your franchise. Offensive side of the ball. He's the guy you can build around. J.D. Davis, he's a platoon player. Dominic Smith, he's a platoon player. 
if you're telling me that's your platoon, like that's fine. Like it's not great, but it's definitely it, it's a fine piece. It's not meant. It's not going to be the middle of your order. Lindor, he's here for nine more years. So hopefully you chalk it up to his bad year. Bias can walk. He's a free agent. McNeil, I do not like how McNeil is approach approaching his at bats anymore. So you hate to sell low on a guy like that, but if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Maybe he ends up in a Colorado because he's still controllable. Maybe he ends up in Arizona, depending on you know what you get back for him. Uh, who's to say? But he definitely can go. I never would have said that last year or even two years ago when his approach was different. Conforto, I think at this point in his career, Conforto just is who he is, man. And I have a bad feeling that he will accept that qualifying offer and he will be on this team next year. Right? I, I see that trend happening with, with a guy like him, a guy like Syndergaard, and a guy like Str- I can see all of them just keep taking raises on one-year contracts and just keep bloating and bloating and bloating their salaries. McCann, McCann was eh. He got beat out for playing time by Tomas Nito, who's eh. He's good defensively, not a great hitter. There are a lot of holes on this team, and the injuries expose them all. But front office-wise, Zach Scott can stay, just from the simple fact that that's the guy I want running my front office because he's an honest assessment of what is going on. Like, yeah, no, like, we're not where we want to be, but we put ourselves there. Like, thank you. Good. Now, what are you going to do about it? I say we give him a year and figure out what he actually is. Because a lot of these moves prior to the trade deadline, a lot of them were Jerry Porter in the offseason. Okay, you have to think a lot of them were influenced by Sandy Alderson, who's another guy that can go. Sandy Alderson was brought in here to be the liaison between the Wilpons and Steve Cohen. That transition is over. Sandy does not need to be here anymore. And in the dugout, Luis Rojas, I'm not sold. It's just the, the situation under... Beltron being a cheat, and then just kind of like, oh, this is what we're going to... This is what we're going to put... In the, oh yeah, this is how we're going to fix it. The Astros got Dusty Baker, and the Mets get Luis Rojas. I don't know, but this year, this year has gone into a, a tailspin, and I don't know if feasting on the Nationals and Marlins will do anything about it. And even so, I'm so sour on this season right now that even if they make the playoffs, I have no faith that they're going to. They'd have to go lights out the rest of the season for me to even have an inkling of hope that they would make a run. But that's me. And I know and I, you misconstrue this Lindor love for actually having, you know, having some perspective about this. Yes, one year is bad. Hopefully next year is better. But I'm not going to light my hair on fire because I got the guy for nine more years. I, I just can't do it. If it's year, if it's like if it happens again next year, then it's something you need. It's a discussion we need to have. But right now, I'm willing. Maybe 
as I'm getting older, getting a little bit more mature, I am just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna give him an olive branch, you know. But you know, maybe high. that's. I, I'm being too. I'm mellowing out, man. But the, the old me would have roasted him. He would have skewered him. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, just for the simple fact that he understands it. He seems to get it. He's not performing. He didn't go out and challenge the fans or didn't challenge the media like Bobby Bonilla did. You can't have an advent, you can't have uh, an acrimonious relationship with everybody. Right? Own it. Good. Own it. I appreciate that. And now next year, just do better, be better, and Javi Baez can just go fuck off right now. Right? He cannot run the bases. He cannot. He can't hit. The guy can't hit. They the Mets traded for the guy who struck out the most times in the National League. Where does that make sense? It doesn't. You know what does make sense? That Shohei Otani is going to win the AL MVP. I think we're in agreement on that one. Yeah, and you can't you can't take it away from him now. He's got a sub four ERA. He's leading the league in home runs. It's over for Vlad Jr. There's, there's no, he, he's down and he ain't getting back up. Yeah, but now, since we don't have to worry about that race, we can turn our attention to the National League MVP race. And is Fernando Tatis Jr. a lock for the NL MVP, or do you have a couple of dark horse candidates? I mean, he really shouldn't be, right? I mean, I like Trey Turner. He's got a chance to become part of the thirty thirty club. Uh, he's top 10 in offensive and defensive war. Uh, he, he's an incredible baseball player. The fact that he got traded to the Dodgers is out of, out of, I still can't believe that actually happened. How about Matt, how about Matt Muncie, the former A? He's having a monster season playing first and second base for the Dodgers. Uh, batting 400 runners in scoring position in a year where Bellinger has been completely absent. <laughs> They're batting Bellinger like 6th and 8th right now. Do you want to tell you want to tell the fans about the trade you were offered for Cody Bellinger in fantasy? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but basically, it's it was it was a person on the Baltimore Orioles, which I should have taken it. Um, I mean, he's an excellent fielder this year, and honestly, I really think the Dodgers wouldn't would be lost without Matt Muncie, former A, former Oakland A, by the way, who, who just couldn't get it together in Oakland. Uh, my third candidate would be Freddie Freeman uh, with Azuna and Acuna out. Freddie is third in Major League Baseball with 200 and I believe 204 total bases. He's got 477 plate appearances, which leads the league. Especially if they make, especially if the Braves hold on to win the division and make the playoffs, even get a divisional win, he is definitely a worthy uh, consideration for the MVP and one dark horse I have for you and I only say this because this man is on my fantasy team is Chris Taylor from mm. the Dodgers he plays every position and he's played in almost every game and he's been a monster on my I would not be in third place without Chris Taylor he scores runs he hits the baseball he gets put outs he plays second base center field right field he can play anywhere on the diamond true baseball player um so those are the people i think uh deserve consideration over mr tatis well we have a 
kind of uh, overlapping candidates. Max Muncy for sure. You know, 388 on base percentage, 929 OPS. You're looking at, you know, 28 homers, a 5.4 war if you're uh, into war. Uh, this is going to sound crazy considering the fact that they're just in the middle of the pack right now. But Bryce Harper, his numbers are good. You definitely, you know, get some votes. I'm not going to say he's from Fernando Tatis Jr., but it wouldn't surprise me if Mr. Harper got a few votes. Absolutely. But, he's the, argument, but, he, but, he, but he's the argument you make, like, if the Phillies surge and they make the playoffs, right? Agreed. That's, he's the he, reason. He's like a Freddie Freeman deal. Like, if, if, they're, over to, if they're able to overcome the loss of, of Hoskins and they're able to come from third place... It's only going to be because of Bryce Harper. Right, it's it that that is that he's he's the Freddie Freeman argument. I, I can get down with that. Oh, for sure. And his numbers don't support it, but you know, do my definition of most valuable player is that if I take you off this team, what are you? And that's Buster Posey. We saw it. Three fourteen batting average, nine twenty five OPS, only fifteen home runs. Yeah, not stellar, but. 2.7 war, and the Giants are the best team in baseball. So, is another one of those guys that he definitely is going to be in the conversation. He may even take a couple of first place votes away, but I, you know, he's definitely got to be in the mix. He may not get that many votes in order to, you know, get into the top ones. It's probably going to end up being a two horse race unless the Phillies definitely start surging. I do like your Freddie Freeman one. Freddie Freeman's a beast. Like you're never gonna, you're not gonna get that argument. Whether or not that uh, it happens remains to be seen. Mostly because this is also a media award, so they love to crown them some Tatis. And I think, yeah, I, I think it's probably gonna end up being a done deal. But if you look at Tatis's numbers, it's 281, 35, 78, a thousand OPS. Like it's gonna be hard. It's going to be hard for any of these guys to, you know, step up to the plate. Teddy Bridgewater is taking on a new role as the starter for the Denver Broncos, beating out Drew Locke in training camp. And Trevor Lawrence won the Jacksonville Jaguar, Jaguars job over Gardner Minshew. So are we going to see any more surprise starters after the final weekend of preseason? Or is it just me status quo? Yeah, I mean, what I would say, uh, looks like Carson Wentz is going to start week one. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the nod. You know, we originally thought he wouldn't be back until October, but it looks like he's he's made a speedy recovery. Uh, I don't think Barkley's ready. I don't think Saquon Barkley's ready. They're holding him out of the game this weekend. They're also... Uh, not really giving him full reps in practice. Uh, he might be a week or two away from actually claiming the role there. So I would assume that Devontae Booker gets the start there. Um, a, a non-starting position that I think will be lost this year will be Latavius Murray. I think he's going to lose uh, his backup role to the rookie Jones. Uh, and then obviously, I think 
Sony Michelle will get the job over Darrell Henderson, even if Darrell Henderson is healthy. The Rams just don't even have any more draft picks, right? I mean, <laughs> they just traded more draft picks to the Patriots. Patriots like, oh, you guys still got some draft picks? We'll All take right, yeah, we'll, we'll take those. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, I'll, I'll take those off your hands. You're not going to use them anyway. You're not going to need them. Six rounds? I mean, yes, yeah, whatever you got. Just give, just, just give us everything. Just bury your franchise for the next 15 years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But you know what? They're going to keep getting the players that they want to get, and we'll touch on that later. But, I mean, if you're willing to take a 2046 second-round pick, like, you're going to get it. But exactly. Sneed, oh, man. This is make or break for McVay and, and Sneed for sure. But kudos to Teddy Bridgewater, man. Like, we both like him. We both root for him. Like, I know like, I like Drew Locke. You like Drew Locke more than I do. But we both uh, – I think we both – enjoy us some teddy bridgewater so yeah, credit to him. yeah yeah i think i mean you know i was really reading a lot of articles about the drew lock situation because like i said i'm a big fan of his i really yeah. like him and i really thought he was having a really awesome you know preseason I, I he was really being efficient but you know there's a couple of things out there that just kind of put him in the category of he's not really a killer you know He's uh, like, oh, I threw an interception. Oh, shucks, kind of. Not like the Eli Manning off shucks kind of way. It's like, oh, I threw an interception. It's not like, ah, oh, I'll get it back. Like, you know, he, he doesn't have that fire. He's He's got more like that Jay Cutler attitude where it's just like, uh, I'm super talented and uh, it's not a big deal. I'll make up for it. And from what I understand, that's what kind of buried him in, in Denver. 59% career uh, completion percentage. That's awful. awful. And Teddy Bridgewater is like top. I think he had the best completion percentage last year for not for uh, uh, when um, when Drew was out. So, uh, oh, no, he was in Carolina when he was in Carolina. He had like the best completion percentage. And we do root for we do root for uh, Teddy. uh, But I I'm I'm really curious to see how this plays out, right? Because you had the Jets who had Teddy Bridgewater, sent him to Carolina. He starts last year for Carolina, almost makes the playoffs with them. Yeah. Then he gets traded to Denver, where he takes he he takes Drew Locke's job. So this is a guy that's now started in what? The Vikings, the Jets, the Saints, and now Denver. So I mean, everybody clearly likes something about this guy. And For they sure. have a good they have a good defense there. So you would assume that they're gonna do well. And we'll we'll talk about that later in our pick segment, but uh in our in our order up segment. But man, uh, feel bad for Drew Locke. I don't know where he goes from there. I don't know where he goes from there. We we saw our guy Josh Rosen get a job, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Josh Rosen is back in the league, but uh, you know, as always, it's not for long. But Josh Rosen, he's a he's just a practice squad guy, man. At this point in his career, but that's a hell of a high draft pick to be a practice squad guy. But um, as far as you know, as far as surprises, you already hit on one of mine. Uh, you said Saquon Barkley is not going to be Devonte Booker. He's going to be the guy. Whether or not he's yeah. going to be any good, it, it remains to be seen. There's no Gallman this year. He's gone. So without Barkley, what is this offense going to be from the rushing attack? Because unless they are, you know, designing bootlegs for Daniel Jones, like they they need to do something to kind of free this up and. 
I don't know. I mean, Booker's going to get his shot. He definitely is going to get his shot, and hopefully uh, he's successful. But that doesn't, you know, it doesn't bode well for Mr. Barkley. Speaking of one Barkley to another, and this one's not due to performance. It's more to timing than anything else. I don't know if the Tennessee Titans will have Ryan Tannehill for week one. So due to testing positive for COVID and the re-entry protocols that he needs to, you know, go through in order to be clear. So it's either Matt Barkley or Logan Woodside. And I'd have to say that I would go with Matt Barkley if I was Matt Brabel, if given the choice between the two, just for the simple fact that, you know, Matt Barkley, is he great? No. Is he a professional competent quarterback? Yes. And, you don't need to be more than a professional, competent quarterback to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry for a week. Uh, as far as surprises, I don't, I don't know if he's surprised, but I can definitely see Taylor Heineke starting week one for the Washington football team. Uh, he earned it after last year's playoff performance, but that's one I definitely wouldn't be surprised about. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise I mean, this really isn't week one. But it wouldn't surprise me if Jameis Winston has an extremely short leash in New Orleans. Just because of the investment that Sean Payton has in Taysom Hill and the lust that Sean Payton has to get this man on the field. Grant, you know, Granted, Jameis Winston beat him out, but... Was it all a show? I don't know. I think it was a show. You think really it was a- think it, I'm starting to think it was a show. When you think about it, I mean, Taysom Hill is 31, 30 years old. Like, he's he, he, he's a gadget player. I, he, I think he has, like, 16 total touchdown passes since he's been in the mm-hmm. league, and, like, 11 of them are against the Falcons. I mean, I started to think it was a show. It was just because you would have brought in, if you were really, really trying to figure out, like, who's the who should start this team, right? Yeah. You would have brought in a serious veteran in camp and made it a three-horse race. I think the Taysom Hill thing was really just to push Jameis, which I think it actually did. He seems much more serious, much more on his game, and he's looked really good in the preseason. Yeah. Um, so he seems dialed in. Uh, and, and you know what? Sean Payton's not going to take any nonsense, but I, I do think Jameis is coachable. And... I'm not saying Bruce Arians is a bad coach. I think Bruce Arians is a good coach, but Bruce Arians also had a scheme that he ran with Ben, that he ran with Andrew Luck, that he was going to run with Tom Brady. And let's just be real. Jameis Winston isn't one of those guys, right? No, no. He's not. But he's a guy with a big arm, and you just got to teach him to make the right decisions. And I think Sean Payton's done that. Well, we're going to see about that because he's going to get the first shot out of the gate. And, you know, speaking of decisions, the Cincinnati Bengals are starting Joe Burrow this weekend in the final preseason game. The same Joe Burrow that got his knee wrecked the year before. They hate this kid, don't they? Like, they really just, they, they want him out. I'm just, it, not, I'm just not sure what the angle is there, right? I, I, I granted, I, some other people are starting their guys in the preseason three game. Yeah, yeah but, but but they're not starting them behind that Bengals offensive line, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the angle is. I would have got it over with in the first two games, and really let that knee rest for the next really three weeks, right? Um, yeah. If he didn't play this weekend, 
Giants because they all have a week off after this last preseason game. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get the angle. Um, I'm, I want to see him play. I want to see him, and that also makes you question, like, what, like, what are the Rams, what are the Lions doing? Like, Goff hasn't gotten out there, and then, you know, you look at also uh, other teams that haven't haven't trotted their quarterback out there. That really like needs the reps. Like, what, like, so the Bengals are going with their guy, but other teams aren't going with their guy, like. Well, is the preseason important? Is it not important? I just, if I don't know what the I don't know what the mathematical formula is there. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. That, that that is definitely something that is a head Joe scratcher. Bur- Joe, Joe Burrow's gonna play, but Dak Prescott's not gonna play. Like, what's that mean? Like, what what is that? What is that? I mean, it, it's Dak- definitely a pecking order. It, it, there's there's definitely a pecking order in the NFL, and the alleged superstars will not play and the kids who are on prove it deals are definitely going to have to prove it the problem is is that if joe burrow does not make it out of this game you're looking at brandon allen and kyle Shermer. though that's your depth chart like i don't know what zach taylor is thinking right now i, I don't understand his rationale like, are you you're trying to get the kid some reps, get him some confidence? Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to do because the it's the fourth preseason game. It's like, if anything, you're going to do it in the third preseason game because that's when you're going to see most of the starters. You're going to get most of the reps, but I, I just don't understand it. And I just hope this doesn't blow up in their face because he's already on thin ice based on performance. Like, if he gets this kid hurt again, there's absolutely no way he lasts as the head coach in Cincinnati. There's just no way. They might have to go make a trade for somebody. Just like the the Los Angeles Rams made the trade with the New England Patriots for Sony Michelle. So a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick nets Sony Michelle from the New England Patriots. Is this the final piece of the puzzle? Can we just punch the ticket to the Super Bowl for the Rams? Well, I mean, the issue with them is they still lack depth, right? And yeah. they also lack draft picks now even more. Um, last I checked, football was a contact sport. People are going to get hurt. Uh, they're in a tough division. I think they're, they're going to find a way to eke it out. Uh, I was surprised they traded more draft picks to get uh, Michelle uh, they really don't have any future pan- plans beyond this year, it seems. It's championship or bust. And Sony Michelle gashed them in the Super Bowl, right? He had almost, I think he had around 90 yards and a touchdown. I think he scored the only touchdown in that Super Bowl when the when the Rams played the Patriots. And uh, listen, for a guy, they dra- I think they drafted him in the second or third round. And be- besides last year, he produced for them. I mean, you're talking about uh, over 900 yards and between six and seven touchdowns each season in only in between 13, 16 games. So they're getting a decent back, certainly better than Darrell Henderson. And, and everybody thought Darrell Henderson was going to be the next big thing. But this new injury, I think he hurt his thumb or his hand. He's, I, don't, I, don't, I think he's going to have to miss a couple of weeks. I don't know if this was the final piece. I still think they lack depth, but those should be able to win the division. I mean, they definitely play in a tough division, so it's one of those that's 
you know, it's going to be a division to watch all season long. And as far as offensive statistics go, they were kind of middle of the pack last year with Jared Goff. So you kind of figure that that's going to be a nice little boost. And that was with the healthy Cam Akers. Now, without Cam Akers and you bring in Sony Michelle, I don't know if that moves the needle as much, but you definitely you definitely shored up that room because if anything happened to Henderson, you're looking at Jones and Funk, like guys that have never taken a snap in the NFL in the regular season. But they so, didn't pick up your guy Todd Gurley like you thought they might, and uh, I, they didn't give Frank Gore a call either. No, they didn't, and they might regret both of those. So we'll definitely. I mean, the season is just Todd about to get Gurley started. Todd Gurley would have been free. Todd Gurley would have been free. You would have kept all your draft picks. I think, Todd Gurley. Yes, mean, it's true. What was? You know, I mean, I didn't think they would pick him up anyway. I said that from the beginning. But if I mean, if you couldn't get the the Patriots to take one of your guys, I mean, that's I really true. Think about doing that. I don't know, but to your point, like all Todd Gurley, all it was was a phone call. All you had to do is Le'Veon Bell. You're telling me you didn't want to pick up Le'Veon Bell? You'd rather get Sony Michelle, yeah. which cost you draft picks. Le'Veon Bell may have cost you two or three million dollars. Like he couldn't cost much more than that. Dude's looking for a job. Exactly. So you pick up both of them. Get Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Let's go. If this is really a win now, that's what you would do. That's that's definitely, you know, got two guys that have been to been to Super Bowls. I know Le'Veon Bell didn't play, but he, he was on a team that got there. Like he knows what it takes to get there. Right. Yes, well, he, it, he, he's a clown, but he's still talented. And in your system, you're supposed to be throwing the damn ball anyway. Those are two guys that could catch the ball out of the backfield and go. I don't know how much Sony Michelle really catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's more of a running back. Like he right. gashed, Like he was more complimentary to James White. I don't think he's complimentary to Henderson at all. So I, I don't know if this is the fit. If he's going to be the every down back, then it make, it plays a little bit more. But, you know, if he's just going to be like the handcuff to Henderson, I don't see how this is going to work. But uh, you're telling Les me... Need, like, le, yeah, Les Snead is either a, a genius or just a, a, a moron. <laughs> ah, the cupboard is bare, man. The cupboard is bare. So, in the short term, if he wins a Super Bowl, like he's definitely going to, he's definitely going to be lauded for it. But ten, five, ten, not even ten years, five years from now, who's to say that that it was worth it? Because when you have no draft capital, you got nothing in the NFL. Adrian Peterson still out there too. Yes, Adrian Peterson. Dude, go get Shady McCoy. He's played in back-to-back Super Bowls. Well, played, air quotes. He played in back-to-back Super Bowls. Shady McCoy is another one. Yeah, you're 100% (laughs) right. Another dude. Like, you're telling me you didn't want to go get – you'd rather trade your draft picks for Sony Michelle, who only played in nine games last year and was hurt? Yeah. If anything, they probably would have – you know, I would have tried to pry away James White, but I knew that wasn't going to happen.
Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Speaking of things that aren't going to happen, Oscar Robertson had some very pointed statements regarding Russell Westbrook, how he should have been the MVP last year based on averaging a triple-double. And apparently triple-doubles don't matter as much as they used to. So in your opinion, is the big O onto something or is he just out of touch? No, I think he's right. Like triple-doubles really don't mean anything anymore. Most of the time, everybody's running back on defense, and the, the guard comes up and just grabs a rebound. It's it's not a fight for the offensive board anymore. Uh, it was pretty impressive what Russell Westbrook was able to do with the Wizards, but uh, you know the NBA has a weird definition of the most valuable player. Uh, to me, like LeBron, it should be the most valuable player almost every year because the teams don't get where they the, the teams don't go anywhere without him. Granted, last year he was hurt, but for the most part, hey, it's a popularity contest. It's not its not the most valuable player. They usually try to give it to the, the player who's having the best season. And it's just, I don't, I don't have any confidence in the MVP award in the NBA anymore. And the NFL is getting there too because the NFL seems to give the award every year to the quarterback. It's just like, it just it doesn't work like that. I mean, if, if anybody saw Alvin Kamara play last year, or, or Derrick Henry play last year, those guys were the most valuable players. Mm-hmm. Not not Pat Mahomes, not Tom Brady, not even Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is pretty pedestrian. And they were pushing Russell Wilson all season last year until oh, he started God. playing like shit towards the second half of the year, and it stopped. But it seemed like they were so gung-ho on getting Russell Wilson an MVP last year. Uh, and it's just it's losing its importance. I agree. So, you know, they let Russ cook and he's But, uh, yeah, I, Russell Westbrook definitely deserved more consideration. Uh, I think he should have gotten as much consideration as Chris Paul got. You know, Chris Paul, if we're looking at the definition of valuable, right, we're going to take the playoffs out. The Phoenix Suns were a dreadful team, and Chris Paul got them to number two. Right. In their division, right? Right. Russell Westbrook took a dog ass Washington Wizards team and got them into the playoff mix. That needs to be, you know, that needs to be acknowledged. Statistics, yes, I understand. Like triple doubles, yes, they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets them all the time. But there's more to it than statistics. Your eyes, you know, Todd Zeal had a great line the other day. Like, Use your eyes, not your iPad. And what I saw were two guys dragging their teams, kicking and screaming to the promised land. Well, what about Jokic, too? I mean, yeah, Jokic did a good job. No. A monster. I mean, the dude, uh, he averaged 26, 10, and 3 for a big man. And he shot almost 40% from three point land. Russ didn't shoot 40% from three point land. No. So, 
I, I, I think they, they, they got they the right guy. Yeah. I, I think they got the right guy. But in, in terms of being in the conversation, I, I think Oscar Robertson is onto something. I don't automatically think, yes, give him the MVP because he averages triple-double. Like, triple-doubles aren't as rare as they used to be. It's like, right. sorry. It's just, statistically, that's just, it is what it is. That's just that natural evolution of basketball. And speaking of a natural evolution, we have the supposed counterpunch to the SEC bringing in Oklahoma and Texas as the proposed Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC alliance. In your opinion, does this level the playing field or will it, considering the fact that the Pac-12 still denying that they want to expand? Yeah, uh, I think it will. But like we spoke about last time, I really want to see where, where Notre Dame goes, right? That's a mm-hmm. big deal. And also, we want to see where BYU goes. Because now there's talk that BYU is trying to look for a place to go. Uh, and that could be huge. Uh, so, so yes, it'll level the playing field. Because really, the SEC with uh, you know Texas and Oklahoma, that, that's big time. But if those other conferences can get together, you're that you're another step closer to just having just one big conference where, you know, it's pretty much dominated by certain teams. Agreed. And the answer to all the questions is money, as usual. So the Pac-12 is resisting, but pay them enough or promise them enough money and they will get right on board. Other teams that I want, I want to look at Boise State, too. Like, Boise State is a perennial contender. I want to see where they go, because are they going to stay in the Mountain West? Are they going to join this new mega conference and possibly get out? You know, BYU, you know, had a great run. What are they going to be once you put them in with the USC's and the UCLA's and the Clemson's? Like, are they going to be a contender or are they going to be a pretender? But this makes it intriguing. It definitely makes it intriguing because you're going to see a lot more marquee matchups than you normally would because guys are scared shitless of scheduling. Schools are definitely scared shitless of scheduling legit competition. Um, but to go back to your point, and you're 100% right, the school that's going to benefit most is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the bell of the ball. They are going. They already have a, a lucrative cash cow in their history. But now, now they can make some serious coin if they really want to get in on a conference and then really rake in all that sweet, sweet money. Especially with that image and likeness, right? They're going to be rolling in it. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to get in on the action? Want to be part of the in crowd? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG. Right, joining us in the in route today, we have Ran the Man, Cologne Connoisseur. 
quarterback, coach, lover of all animal print and fantasy football expert. If he doesn't know it, he knows a guy who does. Brooklyn's own Randall. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on, Damien? Thanks for having me. How's everything? Man, just just living life. Just living life. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start you off easy, man. We're gonna go. Patriots traded away Sony Michelle. Trevor Lawrence was named a starter. Teddy Bridgewater was named a starter. Should fantasy owners pay attention to any of these moves? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I think it's a long season, and this season's gonna be longer than others. 17 gamer so and every year you got a rookie quarterback fantasy wise that does things whether it's on the ground whether it's with the arm so I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely what you look at you got to keep at least a, a, a take a uh, keep a look out for him okay I okay would, but but um, as far, but um as far as the Sony Michelle trade I mean even before the Cam Akers trade I think they were running back by committee with Henderson there and so I mean Sony Michelle, sure, sure. I mean, if you're really desperate for running back flex or flex that weekend, yeah, I would look at it. But I wouldn't expect nothing more from from Sony Michelle. More than like maybe 600, 800 yards on a year. That's probably a great year. Yes, solid. That solid. sounds fair. Sounds sounds fair. Okay. Yeah, um, and they got Stafford. That's a good choice. They got Stafford now, so they're definitely trying to finally open up. McVay finally has a quarterback that could understand what he's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and push the ball downfield. Okay, most people will be targeting running backs early and often this year. If you find yourself unable to pick up some of the top backs, who should a person target in the late first round and late third round? Well, it kind of got me with that late first round because uh, especially in PPR leagues, you really want to guy. you really may want to, this is my personal strategy, I'm giving you a little sauce here. I would always get a receiver, even a third string receiver, but running back, hey, don't sleep on Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Let's, remind, Let's remind everybody that Ran is the biggest box fan that we know. So, of course, he's going to come in with some Tampa Bay. He's going to drop in with the Tampa Bay stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying he's had a year with the GOAT, and I'm sure that they're going to try to – he take the take Tom Brady's foot off the gas at least for the beginning of the year, and Finette's proven that uh, he still got some juice in the tank from when he was in his LSU days. I think Finette, if you could get him in the late first, I mean late first is too early for him, but if you get him in the third round, that could be a steal. I could easily see him being the lead back, him and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones more the catcher, but uh, Finette, man, I mean, I sound crazy, I know. Oh, oh, and uh, who's the running back in with Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon. <laughs> D's favorite running back. What about a guy? What about a guy like Kelsey? You see him falling out of the first round. You see. So, him, what do you see him getting drafted? Kelsey, no, I think that's a. I mean, that depends on what your receivers are looking like, but I think that's a late first rounder, easily, yeah, easily, because right? that yeah. he that yeah he pulls in receiver numbers. That's easy. So if he goes past the first, then you better snatch that up. What about a guy like James Robinson now that Etienne's out? Where does his value uh, increase because of that? Or is his draft stock going to kind of be in the same kind of spot? I could see it. I could see it definitely going up because uh, with Etienne down and what they're doing down there, it's going to be more than enough situ- uh, chances for him. I think more this year than the than year before when he caught everybody by surprise. I think right. this year will be even better for him. Yeah. Uh, so Lamar Jackson did not score as much last year as he did in the previous season. 
Is it possible Kyler Murray repeats his 2020 performance, or do you think he could do better? I definitely think Kyler could do better this year. I mean, he's got professional receivers with him this year. He's got some real pros that are talented as well. So you add that combination to someone like Kyler, who he seems like the real deal. He seems like a student of the game, seems like a guy who's not satisfied with just being all right. I, so I definitely see him uh, getting past that sophomore slump. And um, who are we talking about, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, uh, he was good, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think they addressed. I think Ozzie Newsom addressed the offense because um, some of the things they needed were some playmakers on. Oh, I mean, obviously Lamar has to get them the ball, but I think they addressed the receiving. I think they addressed the team around Lamar. That I think they're going to be way better. I, I, I see a bounce back here from Lamar Jackson. And um, if I'm being honest, he's probably one of the the Ravens because of Lamar. Are probably the only competition I see to Pat Mahomes. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. So last year, as we know, the big comeback story was Alex Smith. This year, the comeback story is going to be the fans. Teams mostly play without fans last year. We all know this. Are there any players or units that will benefit from having fans in the stands this year? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, um, obviously the, the, the Seahawks with the 12th man, they're going to be one to... There, you're really going to start feeling it there, I think. Um, but one, don't laugh at me on this one, but I think the dog pound in Cleveland, I think that's one that, uh, there's a lot of good vibes going down there. They're, I think like no one's really looking at them directly this year, which is good. And another year for Baker to be less of a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, no, and I think it's a good thing. I think someone like the dog kind of creeping. They build. I think they're building something down there. But, but no, definitely. Most. I think most teams look at Green Bay. You look at team of Chicago. That if they ever start Justin Fields, they'll get louder. But definitely, the fans. The fans are gonna are gonna be the comeback player. Cause and you'll see that a lot of these teams need it. A lot of them need it. There are way too many tables right now in Home Depot in Buffalo. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm saying. You will with that statement. Oh, uh, yeah, no. And I, I'm far be for me to not say Buffalo. Yeah, no. They, they live and breathe. They live and breathe that. Buffalo. Some cra- crazy shit's going to go down in Buffalo. You just watch, especially if they're as good as they were last year. Oh, 100%. 100%. Josh, uh, Josh Allen's got a... He's got a grip on he's got a grip on the pulse of New York football right now, and that's coming from a sadly a Jets fan. Mm. He's got Josh Allen's got a hold on him. So yeah, though, he got Buffalo. That's a good one. From the Buffalo fan base to the big star, America's team. As we know, Dak Prescott is a major subject of our shows, especially as of late. Yeah. Right now, he right now he appears to be like the sixth quarterback off the board. So you're looking at Mahomes, Allen, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and then Dak. So are you expecting big things from him this year, or is he a guy you wouldn't even handle a basket full of eggs? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely hand him some eggs. You know, if you got to bake, you got to bake a cake. But if I need a if I need a winning quarterback in, a, in fantasy football, it's kind of scary to get him. I mean, the scariest part about it is that it's not his ankle, it's not his leg that he's recovering from. He's recovering from like a baseball-like injury, and uh, like yeah, and you know those those injuries where they look like they're all right, they look that they're fine. Those are the ones that tend to linger sometimes. So, I guess depending on. How he how he reports the next couple of weeks, I wouldn't touch Dak with a stick. 
I'd, I'd keep him at like the 12th to 15th quarterback drafted. 12 to 15. Okay, that's definitely. I mean, yeah. depending on the, the size of the league, of course. Like he's definitely oh, yeah, a, a, he's course. a fantasy starter. You would say, right? Yeah, but I mean, if, if you would, if you could pick up a guy like Jameis, or if you could pick up, mm. I mean, you you didn't even add a guy like Brady in the list. So I'm kind of scared. Not to bring up the Bucks again, but it's kind of scary. <laughs> we're Tom we're Tom Brady fanboy, so it's okay on this show. You're in a safe space. Don't worry about it, dude. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> but yeah, no, Dak, I'd get him at, at least ten. I mean, if if you don't have a quarterback by your tenth pick and Dak is still out there, get it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go early on Dak because I mean. He could miss the whole year. That's very true. No, like, 100%. You see, how these, you see how these pitchers are in baseball. They're having a great year, and out of nowhere, they get that tingle in their forearm. You're like, you were fine. A pitcher going, all of a sudden, you don't see them till the next summer. Mm-hmm. So that's the scary part, I think, with that. That's true. And we'll get your head in on this one, Rand. I mean, from one Texas quarterback to another, Deshaun Watson. He's going undrafted in most leagues, uh, and he's got diarrhea of the keyboard again he's sending these cryptic tweets out that he's been leaving but he's not likely to get traded anytime soon so should anybody take a flyer on him or are there better players out there that are drama free well i mean when when you say take a flyer do you mean should a team trade for him or we're talking about fantasy wise drafting because it's I mean, if you want to weigh in on both, that's your that is your prerogative. You are the yeah. guest. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, no. But from a fantasy standpoint, we'll st- we'll deal with that one first. Well, well, fantasy st- standpoint, there's few even in real life. There's few players better than Deshaun Watson when he's healthy and out there slinging the ball. But um, you got to take a flyer on him. You got to take a flyer. I mean, this is towards if you see because I don't see this happening. But if you see Deshaun Watson in your draft and he's undrafted almost the whole way. You got to take a flyer. I mean, it goes without saying. But the same thing with Dak. Uh, Deshaun Watson could miss the entire year. Both of these guys, they could miss the entire season. You could draft them early, hope for the best. Yeah, no, so it's a, as a quarterback, uh, as talented as Deshaun, you hope everything's situated and fixed so all parties involved can move on with their future. But, you know, it's ugly down there. And yeah, diarrhea of the mouth via keyboard doesn't have a situation. So I don't see, I don't see him on... And I hate to say it, but I I can usually see him missing an entire season. I can well, see him missing an entire But you got to take the flyer, though. I mean, if you're drafting the 13th or 12th round in your fantasy league towards the end, everybody left the, 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 the draft already, you got to take him. You never know. You never know. Jalen Jalen Hurts might go out for the year. You never know. These Eagles might swoop in. <laughs> that's, that's true. You never know. But one thing we do know for sure is that we love having you on as part of the in crowd. Randall, Randall from Brooklyn, ran the man, the cologne connoisseur, football coach, and just all around good guy. Thanks for joining us, man. And if you want to be part of the in crowd, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in those DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG or faderoutednz on Twitter. And who knows? You may be the next member of the in crowd. Order up. All right, boys and girls. 
the order up train continues. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the AFC West from four to one. Who you got, D? Oh, this was harder than I thought it was going to be. And it felt kind of bad when I was done, but uh, <laughs> I really did. Because I'll tell you why. Because at not number four, I have the Raiders. I just don't think they got better defensively. They picked up Kenyon Drake to help out Jacobs offensively. They tried to get Khalil Mack back and failed. I heard Carr, about that. Carr is an average. <laughs> that poll conversation must have been hilarious. Wait, who do you want? Khalil Mack, is he available? Who is, who is this? Carr is an average quarterback. Ruggs really shit the bed last year. He's not as good as they thought he was. And I just think it's going to be a lost season. So I'm sad to say that the I think the Raiders are kind of coming forth. And in third place, uh, I, I feel terrible about this, too, because I really like the quarterback. I think it's the Chargers. I mean, I think Herbert's going to have a sophomore slump. No Pep Hamilton this year, which is a big deal. Pep Hamilton is one of the best offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches in the league. In the league, okay? I don't believe in Austin Eckler being a number one. Keenan Allen is good, but he's also good for an injury here and there. They, they lost Melvin Ingram, their middle linebacker on defense. He went to go play for Pittsburgh. I just don't think they took a step in the right direction this year. Ter- terrible to say it. And number number two, I'm going to go with Denver. I'm going to even though it's not Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, he can play. Teddy can ball. He ain't going to throw interceptions. He's not going to put the ball on the ground. I like their defense. Bridgewater, you know, and he, Bridgewater is efficient. They got Javante Williams. The back of Melvin Gordon. That's going to be a nice one-two punch. Um, they got a nice stable of wide receivers. They're going to be there when the dust settles. And number one, in all your hearts, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're what they're playing. They're playing the Vikings right now, and just nobody can keep up with Tariq Hill. And when they do keep up with Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey's underneath. And it's just it's 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 inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Uh, still, the kings of the castle. They scored too many points to be out of any game. I can't see anyone knocking them off as division champs. What say you? It's very difficult to disagree with that order that you just put out there. You made very logical and impassioned arguments. And we only have a couple differences. So, but but there are differences. Not like, not like the, yes, not like the AFC North. Oh my goodness. We have the Raiders in last. Yes. I like Derek Carr more than you do. I think he's better than you than you let on. He's average. Yeah, he's an average quarterback. He was the best but, man at your wedding, wasn't he? He was. He was. I, I wanted David because he was the backup on the first Giants Super Bowl, but he was double, so I had to settle for Derek. But that's okay. I right, the same thing. <laughs> oh, poor Derek. Just get a better haircut, dude. That's all you got to say. Josh Jacobs is legit. Kenyon Drake, I wonder why the Cardinals let him walk. Because they got James Conner to fill the, that shoe. I, I just don't know about that. Something is a little off about that. It's an awkward shoe. It is an awkward shoe. And Renfro, Ruggs, Willie Sneed is on this team. Zay Jones is on this team. They have some wide receiver depth. Waller, uh, Waller is a decent tight end. He's gonna have to get. He's gonna have to 
go to the next level for sure to be that Kelsey-ish tight end. That defense is just terrible. Even with Yannick Ngakwe and Jonathan Hankins, it's just not that great. Jonathan Abraham's decent and a whole lot of met in the middle. Cleveland Farrell, the number four overall pick, he's not going to be used as a second stringer in order to be a change of pace guy and to give the starters a blow. Way to draft. Way Good job, Mayock. Good job, Chucky. You, the number four overall draft pick ended up being a reserve. Just that's that's Robert Gallery bad. That's just Robert Gallery bad. I don't know about the Broncos. Like, I'm just gonna like it's not there yet. I gotta see more of Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater also has a little bit of an injury history, so we may be seeing Drew Locke. So if we see Drew Locke. How is it going to play out? Because like you said, they have Gordon. They have Royce Freeman. They have Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Patrick. You have Fant. You have Post. They they drafted Sertan to shore up the the secondary. That defense plays. Is it going to be good? Chup, is it going to be good enough? Is that defense going to be good enough when the offense falters? And I don't know. I I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be in a little bit of trouble. They they may be slightly. Hovering in the middle. Number two for me, I like the Chargers. I think they're definitely depth wise. They are challenged, but it's something that I I think that Justin Herbert is smart. He's a good enough quarterback that he's going to avoid prolonged sophomore slump. And but I just think that another year under his belt is definitely going to help. Rashawn Slater as a left tackle definitely plays. Lindsley, the line is good. The defense, we'll see. Hopefully, Derwin James plays the entire year. Joey Bosa has a full healthy year. Injuries are always a concern for this team. And number one, what more can I say? You already said it. The Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes, Hill, Edwards, Hilaire. I think that's the only like nitpick I can have is that, okay, if if by the grace of God, you shut down Hill and you shut down, who else is going to stop? Right? Because it's only really by an down both of these guys at a given time. Usually it's one or the other. If you somehow could do both, they need more guys. But that's our four to one. What's your four to one? Hit us up, faderoutmail at gmail.com, faderoute podcast on IG, and faderoute DNZ on Twitter. Get at us and let us know your list. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast usually on Wednesday nights on the Anchor or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. But until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.